CIO Talk Radio is brought to you by HP and Siemens Smart Grid. Welcome to CIO Talk Radio with your host, Sun Joke All. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are strictly those of the host, guests, and callers. Now, here's Sun Joke All. Good morning and welcome to CIO Talk Radio. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. As always, we invite you to join the discussion on Twitter, hashtag CTR Live, and look for this show as hashtag security. Today's topic is uh, managing security from the inside out, and our guest for today's show is Kevin Novak, who is the Chief Information Security Officer and IT Risk Manager with Northern Trust Corporation. Good morning, Kevin. How are you? I'm great, Sanjo. Thanks for having me on. Oh, thanks for uh, joining us here today. Now, the topic for today involves internal security risks. Uh, we've been focusing on other security challenges like APTs and cyber espionage, but we didn't want to forget about the challenges that exist right across the hall in the form of your own employees. So let's uh, look at where some of the weak links are on this side of the fence. So we are talking about internal security risks because people may be there and they could be the weakest link. Yes, we have worked on taking care of the technology side, maybe fortifying our network and everything else. Now, where do you think, if you were to truly inventory the different areas in which not exactly only people cause it, but what all form of internal security threats that always loom, which you have to handle and be careful of? That's a good question. I think uh, internal threats, especially from internal individuals, uh, you know, I think uh, come in kind of three different tiers, if you will. Uh, In my experience, the majority of internal risks are really the result of legitimate, well-intended users simply trying to do their job, uh, but, but maybe doing so in an insecure way. Um, so that's, you know, through gaps in control, such as, you know, trying to use new technology and new advancements that uh, we really haven't accounted for uh, from an information security perspective, uh, or through um, actually known violations of security controls because uh, they don't realize they're as, uh, it's as dangerous as they, they might have thought to, to violate those controls. Um, or they may just, uh, it may, may just be discussing confidential information in an elevator or leaving confidential information laying around and it being set by someone. Uh, and, you know, maybe even sharing information with individuals they, with whom they shouldn't share, right? Uh, then, then you have legitimate users accidentally causing undue risk, right? This is, this is, I think, a bigger risk for enterprises than I think, uh, most companies recognize, right? So sending the right information to the wrong people. So, uh, trying to send a report to client A and, and accidentally sending it to client B or, or sending the wrong information to the right people, right? Creating a report and accidentally including all your clients and sending it to client A, if you will. Uh, and then you have, uh, you know, administrators accidentally assigning improper access rights. Uh, the, the next tier, in my opinion, is really the threats that are those malicious users, um, but they're kind of event-based. They're, they're a result of either voluntary or involuntary termination. Uh, they are fear of termination, uh, from general discontentment with peers and others. Uh, and, and then there are those, those finally, the, the last tier really is those, those malicious individuals that are involved in fraudulent or disruptive activities or activities meant to bring light to something they disagree with uh, internally, socially, politically, uh, or ethically. And I think that's uh, one that the government recently saw at Snowden. Uh, these events, those, those kind of the smallest tier, actually, uh, can cause the most harm, can go undetected for longer periods of time uh, because... Uh, the, the people are still on staff, 
Um, they are, in most cases, uh, acting as if they're just normal uh, employees, uh, and they require the strongest uh, controls to prevent, detect, and respond to. So we we did say that okay, people could be from a different walks of life, right? They could either have an ethical uh, issue or they just feel differently about certain rules and boundary lines that have been created by an organization. Now those are people who are going out and doing it with a malicious intent or whatever way they want to express. It's a form of self-expression, perhaps. Now comes the process because you could have people from all shapes and sizes and forms and and mindsets. That's something you can realistically cannot control, but what you can do is your process could govern it. You can say that I've created a policy, but people, if they don't agree, then that's not going to fly. So what can you do to make sure that the internal threats are minimized? And are you seeing that trend where you are trying to uh, fortify your organization, you do it, but then it, it turns around and it becomes even more vulnerable? Yeah, I, I think that you need to be cognizant of, uh, you know, all sorts of different reasons why uh, you might have a threat internally. Uh, you know, different economic pressures, different corporate events, uh, and and different uh, different types of of just uh, opportunities may present themselves that that become uh, something you have to be aware of. Uh, difficult economic times alter an individual's perception of their risk-reward ratio relative to committing fraud, right? Um, tough corporate decisions can leave an impact and an increased risk of malicious internal events, you know, layoffs, choice, uh, a choice for a corporation to withhold raises and bonuses. Um, poor working conditions uh, of an enterprise. Uh, fortunately, I, I, I don't have uh, that, that type of problem. Um, and uh, and failure to keep check on poor management practices. Right. All these things contribute to, to you know, more opportunity to have uh, internal threats and, and something that companies really have to be conscious of. Would you say uh, that this is one of the biggest problems you face or when you try to compare, you know, you're battling all the outside in threats, but this is the inside threat that people may have, but does this take a backseat when you're looking at something coming from outside? Is Is this something which you are realistically able to handle now and it is under control or would you say we are we are having a tough time but since it is an internal threat we don't publicize a whole lot about it uh, I, i'm fortunate to work for a company with strong ethical values and a strong commitment to its employees and you know we place a high priority on prevention detection and response to all threats uh, regardless of where they originate so uh, I, I wouldn't say it's it's a, a biggest problem we have. I wouldn't say it's the smallest. It's something that is just part of our program. Uh, we have an objective of of helping ensure that our clients, our shareholders, and company uh, have the highest degree of confidence in in you know protecting the information and systems uh, that they use on a daily basis. So uh, yeah, I, I think it's something that we just build as part of our program and not something we really consider bigger or smaller. So let's think outside of Northern Trust as an organization. The trend, I mean, while just wear an analyst hat for, for a second and you talk to your peers and counterparts and, and other people who are grappling with situations related to security, if you were to do a math and, and draw a percentage out, would you say we are equally concerned and grappling with insider, uh, like inside weaknesses or vulnerabilities with respect to security as compared to outside, or it is a tilted scale where it's more coming from outside versus from inside? Yeah, I, I think the, the inherent problem with it is 
a lot of people, a lot of people start with the perception that internal, you start by trusting your internal and, and you start by not trusting your external. Uh, and, and while there's some merit to captive versus non-captive, uh, individuals, you, you actually have to, you absolutely have to consider both, uh, with scrutiny and, and apply, uh, threat logic to both. Uh, do I think that uh, generically, the industry is is of the ilk that they need to consider both internal and external threats. I think it really depends on who you're talking to. I think in the financial industry and my peers, I think absolutely we consider both uh, of equal weight and something we we consider. I, I think other industries um, may not be uh, of, of the same belief, and, and I know there are absolutely companies out there who who believe their internal employees quote-unquote, would never really do anything wrong. Um, and hopefully they're right. Uh, but, but certainly I, I do know that, that there, are, there are a lot of companies out there that aren't considering the threats of internal as much as they do external. So like in your team, I'm sure when there are certain uh, APT-related threats are there or other uh, main threats, you, would, might, you might create a task force and you might create uh, funds. You will create funds or carve out funds to make sure that you're handling those, those threats which look very obvious and you, you are supposed to handle them and it, it is a public knowledge, if you will. What do you do to make sure that you have something carved out to make sure there is somebody watching there is a task force or something to that effect for taking care of inside threats. Because you could be hold, making a great fort from outside and then uh, create a secure fort, but then your inside is crumbling. Absolutely. And it's not Absolutely. you as, as, a, as an individual. I'm saying this is more for your role as a CIS or anyone in your role. Certainly. And, and it's divided up differently depending on what company you're in. Uh, some companies manage that through their fraud team. Some companies manage it through their HR teams. Uh, regardless of how it's managed, it, it absolutely has to be considered part of the program. Again, we, we, don't, we don't necessarily consider it separate. We consider that it all integrated into a, a strong program that helps protect the information uh, of our clients and, and company and, and protects our shareholders and clients. So, so we... Uh, at Northern, and I know uh, my peers consider it the same way, and there are absolutely programs in place to look at behavior of internals and look at making sure we have appropriate screening and background checking and the appropriate measures to ensure that both internal and external threats are being attended to equally. Let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back, and when we uh, then let's let's look at the trends that you've seen over the last decade or so, because we have changed to some extent the way we communicate, the way our employee base is working. What are they using when they are working inside the four walls of an organization? When they are remotely working, and we've given them toys or things to be able to become more productive. But is that creating more problem for the CISO and the crew? Uh, please stay tuned. We'll be right back and explore. The U.S. and Canada represent just 5% of the global population, but collectively we consume about 35% of the world's resources. Supply is not keeping up with demand, so change is not an option, it's imperative. Siemens brings knowledge to power through modernization, responsible energy consumption, and greening the grid projects. Siemens Smart Grid has the answers. Just Google Lead the Charge Portal. 
HP is proud to sponsor this program. Tap into our expertise, innovation, and services to bring your most important workloads to the cloud. You are listening to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. If you have a question or comment, call toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, back to the show. Here's Sunjog All. Welcome back. So, uh, Kevin, when we look 10 years back, Ten years ago, we we had certain uh, fabric in our society. We had organizations running differently. The pace of business was a little different. There was not, there is nothing called as new normal that existed at that time. And now you look back and now traverse that path all the way to the the today. What do you see the change in the insider uh, inside security related breaches or trends where people? were less of a problem and you were able to sleep at night and did not have this as big of an agenda as it is today? I think 10 years ago, uh, the problem was obviously not as much of an electronic problem as it was, as much as it was uh, more of a physical problem. Uh, I think there, the, throughout history, there's always been a, a, a consideration for internal threats, whether that is uh, writing fraudulent checks or the, that was uh, stealing corporate plans. Uh, I think that today there are just more opportunities to make it more pervasive, to spread it outside the bank. So when you look at the the ability for individuals to access information anywhere in the world, for individuals to send information uh, to broadcasts across the the world, uh, I, I think it just makes it easier to to, I guess, perpetrate uh, certain types of activities that may not have been uh, a possible um, 10 to even 20 years ago. Uh, so, so I think it's, it's really more about uh, different ways of uh, doing certain activities and less about whether it's happening or not. So you're saying that you uh, they were more obvious ways. Now people are getting smarter, even people who are within or maybe just because you've given them new ways to connect to the organization and get access to the information electronically. They're getting creative. And that is anyways, a thief is ahead of the cop. So you got more challenges with more creative people trying to create more damage. And you come to know much later than what you used to earlier. It's certainly a matter of having the tools. So, so to your point, we're, we're certainly giving more tools to do more with the information that's available. Uh, the, the amount of information that's available um, to individuals within an organization is far greater than it had been in the past where you were dealing with paper files or where you were dealing with small amounts of information within an accounting system, for instance. Uh, now th- there are tools available not only in the enterprise but remotely from home or from mobile devices that give individuals more freedom to access greater amounts of information and be able to do more with what they have. So, again, I think it's more about having more and having tools to, to do different things with it. 
So if you were to look at the internal risks and you had to come up with a way uh, as a checklist to say, I'm going to do this, this, and this to make sure that I've done everything I can as the CISO and also helped my team to understand what the landscape is, then I'm done and it is more of a governance and monitoring versus taking proactive steps. Is that where you... Uh, set where you would just put a checklist and be done, or there is some proactive effort that may be required on your behalf or, or on, from, on, from your side or from your team side to make sure that your inside threats are not uh, magnifying or are they getting to the next level? Certainly. Uh, threats will never become stagnant to the point where you can build checklists. You, you always have to analyze your threats. You always have to look at different ways of doing things. Uh, I think the, the, the biggest key to understand is humans are really smart, adaptive individuals, and internal threats adapt when you build controls. So you can never really stop looking at the controls to mitigate the, the weaknesses in your controls. Uh, so you, you have to be diligent. You have to absolutely be looking for uh, weaknesses and constantly be analyzing changes in threats, changes in technology, changes in how people perceive uh, whether or not you're going to catch them. Um, but I would say you can absolutely have great mobility. You can absolutely have bring your own device if you want. You can use the cloud. These all things are all, all possible. Uh, but uh, you, you, to, to your point, you can't simply build a checklist. You, you have to be engaged. You have to be working with your business, and you have to be understanding the risks that are out there and how you can mitigate those through through controls, whether those are uh, procedural controls or technical controls. Now, since you're dealing with mostly people as the inside threat, you would require a psychiatrist to talk to someone and figure out what's, how to read between the lines. I'm sure you're not offered that. As, as, a, as a resource. So how can you determine, especially when you're so people dependent in being able to figure out what is the, uh, what's going to happen next, what is your way to actually monitor anything? You're telling your team member to go talk to other people or they, you're, you're just reading the logs to see what somebody's trying to do? What is your way? Sure, sure. There are a lot of different things that companies use to, to help uh, mitigate uh, these types of concerns. Some companies, some companies have very thorough screening processes, so background checks um, that hit local, regional, national, and international. The international is sometimes a little harder uh, because not every region of the world has the same level of diligence in recording uh, backgrounds. Um, but there are different ways of getting that information, too. Uh, some companies utilize multi-vector analytic environments for doing internal detection, so doing strong anomaly detection of the types of activities individuals are engaging in. Uh, some companies, for instance, ensure employees uh, ensure that employees aren't servicing their own and their family members' credit accounts when they're responsible for managing credit accounts, right? So different things to make sure that, that employees aren't uh, doing things they shouldn't be doing and helping them make the right decisions. Um, there are absolutely technologies and methodologies out there for, for monitoring your network, monitoring through data loss prevention, database and application anomaly detection, uh, using HoneyWord and track file programs to, to catch things going out, and if they've gotten out, using external intelligence programs to identify uh, any of these types of things that have already leaked out to the Internet. Uh, I think uh, I think one of the biggest challenges that, that needs to be overcome, though, you know, you can implement all the tools you want, you can, can suggest all the things you want, but one of the biggest challenges you have to overcome is 
uh, management has to recognize that threats do originate from both external and internal, and that it's possible to to still treat your employees with dignity and respect while still protecting the interests of your company, clients, and shareholders. Would you say that you could unknowingly uh, get into the privacy concern of an employee when you are trying to handle inside threats and uh, or maybe monitor certain things? It's certainly something we discuss actively as we're talking about different methodologies of monitoring uh, our employees' activities. Uh, it's something that, that uh, we certainly engage our, our legal teams with and our HR teams uh, because we always have to concern ourselves with, with getting access to information that really isn't something the company wants. Uh, I would say that most enterprises look at the confidential information um, as, as something that if, if, if an employee is using company resources, uh, then there is a right to monitor that information that they're using company resources to, to, uh, to transmit. Uh, and so we, we absolutely have processes in place to monitor and, and watch what people are doing, and I, I know most of my peers do too, uh, but we also have processes in place to get rid of information that's not relevant and, and, and manage that information in a secure fashion so it, it's not something that compromises our, our teams. So if you had to go back and say, I'm going to try to do things differently just because you're seeing these problems coming up and you are using whatever methodologies that you've been using so far, what's new and different that you anticipated doing in the future as you see the landscape morphing, whether how people access information, what kind of policies are we changing in order to look like that we are offering work-life balance and or other perks in order for us to retain and attract good talent? What do you do to make sure that you do not keep doing the same due diligence that you were doing, say, a year ago? What is your way to, to evolve your security measures in order to make sure that you are current with the times. HP is proud to sponsor this program. Tap into our expertise, innovation, and services to bring your most important workloads to the cloud. The U.S. and Canada represent just 5% of the global population, but collectively we consume about 35% of the world's resources. Supply is not keeping up with demand, so change is not an option, it's imperative. Siemens brings knowledge to power through modernization, responsible energy consumption, and greening the grid projects. Siemens Smart Grid has the answers. Just Google Lead the Charge Portal. HP is proud to sponsor this program. Tap into our expertise, innovation, and services to bring your most important workloads to the cloud. You are listening to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. If you have a question or comment, call toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, back to the show. Here's Sun Joke All. So, Kevin, uh, we were discussing about the different issues that we have seen over the years. Now, we also know the world is not going to stop. It's going to continue to evolve. What is it that you're doing to make sure that you're current versus trying to use old techniques with the new dogs? 
So uh, certainly, you know, we're always looking to evolve our programs and always looking at, at different ways of, of making sure that we're, we're considering changing in threats. Um, so looking at things like, uh, you know, requiring secondary approvals on, on certain tasks, shifting job responsibilities uh, at certain intervals. So, you know, noting that th- this can also be an operational, uh, you know, a sound operational model as well. Uh, requiring times away from the office. Uh, making sure that you're very conscious of segregation or separation of duties. So, for instance, a developer should not be the same person that's also pushing their code into production uh, and, and causing conflicts that, that may, uh, that may uh, cause either fraud and or just uh, operational interruption. Uh, and then enforcement of policies. Policies are really important. So making sure that there is fair and consistent treatment of, of the types of enforcement that you use to to follow up on policy and standard violations when they do happen. Uh, I, I think it's certainly recognized that uh, if an individual knows that there is uh, a consequence to actions, they, they do wait that when they're trying to make a decision as to whether to, to do something uh, inappropriate or not. So um, when you're looking at this where you mentioned that we will be able to employ these different technologies and and try to go to the next level, do you see the changes actually, whatever changes that you are making are really making a big enough uh, difference in the way you're able to secure the fort? Because you got to somewhere, somehow uh, show the ROI on what you're investing. And secondly, there are certain areas that you mentioned about separation of duties. And uh, and other other areas, these are not something that you can really control or or uh, enforce. This is something which is maybe with an application development organization or any other department where you can at most request the individual leader who is supposed to be making those changes to make that happen. What is it that you can do? You, you can certainly impose things in particular, such as segregation of duty, through access right controls and and other technological, you know, controls that that would prevent an individual from being able to do certain functions. So, so no, you can certainly deploy um, methodologies and technologies to to enforce uh, the the controls that you you want to put in place. Uh, you can you can ensure that if a job function um, requires a certain level of diligence that that's monitored. So we, we do look at how well uh, our strategies are, are kind of impacting and in particular operations. So, so we can, we can see if we allow changes to happen, if, if we don't mitigate those changes, uh, more failures happen. We see more uh, events uh, occurring if somebody is able to arbitrarily go and make changes in a production environment. You see more downtime, for instance. So, so we certainly can watch trends. Uh, you can pay attention to what happens when you implement programs or when you do certain awareness campaigns uh, and the impact you have in the residual month. Is it real easy to determine a direct correlation? No, really not always. And in particular, in information security and IT risk, Sometimes it's real difficult to, to show an absolute direct correlation. However, as you watch over a longer span of time, uh, you can definitely tell that your programs are becoming effective as you see uh, narrower windows with, within downtime, as you see uh, smaller in, uh, incidents and, and less frequent incidents, and you can certainly tell when you start becoming more contacted by your internal staff 
I'd say one of the things that is the biggest measure of our success when when it comes to awareness uh, campaigns within within Northern Trust is that we start hearing from people more often. We start seeing more people reporting incidents and reporting, um, I, I guess, aberration of responsibilities to the groups that are responsible for for you know looking at those types of, of you know deviations from from policy. So there are definitely ways to monitor it. It isn't always a one for one. Uh, but we, we certainly try to evidence that these programs are, are uh, being effective at what, what we're proposing to do. Now, you, you know that business is always looking for new ways to create revenue and growth and profitability. And traditionally, CISOs and their team is seen as someone who's paid to almost say no or sell insurance. And this is not something that you did, but just the very role is basically to make sure that you maintain stability versus you're, you're not your job is not to take care of the profitability and the growth and innovation. You're there to make sure this, the fort is secure. That means you are also trying to make sure that the growth is not stifled. It is supported with a stable uh, ground. What do you think could be done where we change that perception in an organization that if I'm going to go to CISO and the team, then I'm going to get a damper effect on all the initiatives that we have going? I, I'm not sure I'd agree with the statement that my job is only to secure and it isn't uh, a part of supporting the revenue life cycle of the enterprise. Uh, I absolutely agree, and I and I communicate this and socialize it throughout my department. We have an absolute job to help ensure that w- what we're trying to do is is keep the company running and keep our clients protected. So we are part of the revenue cycle. In that, we support uh, the protection of the the confidentiality, integrity, and availability of the information and systems that our clients. Uh, and, and shareholders and, and company have come to expect. So we are part of it, and I think that any CISO who is paying attention to kind of where uh, we are in this day and age, there is no longer a CISO that can just be the no person. It absolutely has to be uh, the information security person that's integrated into the risk fabric of the company and working with the business to understand how best to not only prevent failures, not only prevent attacks, but also empower the business to do business the way that clients want to do business. So it's about finding the win-win solution, if you will, making sure that the solutions are out there but are also secure. It's, It's about supporting the organization, not just being a security entity. And do you think that trend, the one which you uh, mentioned, is that something which is uh, you are able to put out there and make a good business case and make you, you then are seen as someone when there is an, a say strategic initiative in place or it is just about to be planned or kicked off? Are you brought at the seat up front or you said this is this is what we have come up with now you see and see if you can poke holes into it so we go in a secure fashion at what time do you think a ciso's organization gets involved and i'm trying to connect it back to the uh, the insider 
issues as well, specifically because that's the scope of this discussion, is that there are a lot of things which we want to do with the outside world, and we've got a lot of people and, and process and technology changes that we are making within the organization. How do you make sure that the insider threats are not going to get magnified just because we are trying to do something with the outside world? Interestingly enough, it isn't even me that has to sell this. It's, it's really the business. The business wants to come to us because part of the, what differentiates us is our ability to protect information and our ability to offer services in a secure fashion. So we are brought to the table at the beginning, absolute planning phases of, of new product development and, and new innovation. Uh, and whenever new technology wants to deploy, we are involved. Information security in, in entities of, of the, this modern culture are, are integrated into the fabric of decisions, absolutely, because it has to simply be considered a part of development. There's no afterthought anymore. Afterthought costs money and costs risk. So, so we are integrated into the fabric of, of the decisions that are made at the enterprise level. Now, while it may not be a reality today, but if you were given an unlimited budget, what would you have done differently in terms of securing the fort, especially from the inside threat perspective? I'm fortunate to have a really supportive management organization uh, and, and a company that focuses heavily on uh, client trust. Uh, so I, I have the resources that I need, and, and when I need more, I'm able to bring those forward, um, provided I can justify that I need more. Uh, unlimited budget, I, unfortunately, I think would hit diminishing returns. Uh, I, I think at some point uh, you, you're not addressing risk. You're simply addressing security. Uh, and, and for enterprises today, you really have to focus on what's the most important. Uh, and, and for us, it's focusing on the protection of our clients, shareholders, and, and the company itself. Uh, so uh, I'm not sure I can address what would I do if I had unlimited resources. I'm sure I'd have a few more staff. I'm sure everyone would say that. Uh, and I'm sure we'd look at different tools. But unfortunately, those come with uh, their own risks. And, uh, and, and you, you really have to approach it from a risk-based perspective. I do think that a lot of companies out there don't have the same level of diligence with respect to uh, giving the right resources and, and uh, understanding the right threats. Uh, and it's the information security organization's responsibility to make sure uh, that the risks that are inherent to doing so are understood in terms uh, that uh, the business can understand. And I think that's one area that has historically been lacking in the information security field, and in particular at the executive CISO level, is the ability to translate information security and IT risks uh, into business terms. So uh, if we do not do this type of uh, activity, then we will have this type of regulatory risk or this type of uh, legal risk. And so until you translate that into terms the company can understand, it's hard for executive management to focus on what's really important. Um, and to be quite honest, if, this, if the CISO can't put it in terms that, that are in that type of um, language, then it's hard for them to really justify that they even need it. 
Now, coming back to those individuals or, or people side of inside threats. Now, we definitely could have people and we spoke about people with malicious intent who could cause a problem. But then there are many others who do not feel and they do not have that mindset, but they could be more vulnerable than the rest. They may have that uh, DNA, that, that psychology or whatever else that could make them vulnerable and people kind of do profiling on them and then try to figure out how they can create trust with them outside of the organization or while they're even within the four walls and then make them a target and then that way they are able to find their way through. So what is it that you could do realistically with those people who could become weakest link without they themselves knowing that they are? This is a really important topic in, in today's, today's time. We're seeing a whole lot more social engineering. Kind of interestingly enough, coming back to kind of the roots of information security from 10, 15, 20, 30 years ago, uh, where there was a lot more social engineering. We're seeing a lot more phone calls. We're seeing a lot more uh, just inbound emails and faxes coming in, trying to, as you said, coerce uh, unwitting individuals to be duped into becoming accomplices. So um, absolutely, awareness and testing. Lots of awareness to look for the types of signs that might, uh, by, might be indicative of someone trying to coerce them into to becoming uh, an accomplice. Uh, and, and actually testing. Doing, doing live testing, um, but uh, with non-retribution. So if you find someone that, that fell for something, don't, don't write them up and, and put it on their record. Use it as an opportunity to educate. This is something we do um, throughout the, the year. So it's a, it's a constant activity. We, for instance, we do phishing attacks on a regular basis. And when we find somebody who, who falls for a phishing attack, we use it as an opportunity to train them in how they should have caught those types of things. Um, but, but our, our, you know, client service representatives, our sales folks, uh, anyone who might have the opportunity to be, to be uh, involved in this type of activity, we, we certainly train them and aware them, make them aware of the types of things they should be looking for. Unfortunately, you can't prevent everything with education, uh, and some people, um, unfortunately, don't need to be duped. They're very willing accomplices. For those, you need sound controls um, to help them, quote, make the right choice, uh, end quote. Um, so as we noted before, you know, make sure you have secondary approvals, that you're, you're changing job responsibilities, that people are forced to take time off uh, without being able to communicate with the office. Um, and, and in, engaging in, in different segregation of activities, uh, uh, you know, controls. Let's take a quick break, listeners, and we'll be right back. So there are a couple of strategies that were discussed to make sure, like you mentioned, taking time off and not being able to connect. There are many people who are outside of the security group who are to be involved here. And, and of course, you know, everybody is very busy doing their own job. How is that orga overall organization need to be morphed in terms of the roles and responsibility where it becomes their duty as individuals and as people who may have an impact on overall security of the organization to make sure that it is not something which is a request sent by the security group, but it becomes part of their role, part of their performance uh, evaluation, et cetera, et cetera, so that this is actually carried out on a regular basis. We can create a lot of policies, procedures, requests. How they are followed through, how they are executed is another thing. Please stay tuned. We'll be right back and explore how do we make this a more predictable approach to not only just setting a process, but also having people you know, execute the tasks that are assigned to them. And they're measured based on that. We'll be right back.
The U.S. and Canada represent just 5% of the global population, but collectively we consume about 35% of the world's resources. Supply is not keeping up with demand, so change is not an option, it's imperative. Siemens brings knowledge to power through modernization, responsible energy consumption, and greening the grid projects. Siemens Smart Grid has the answers. Just Google Lead the Charge Portal. HP is proud to sponsor this program. Tap into our expertise, innovation, and services to bring your most important workloads to the cloud. You are listening to CIO Talk Radio with Sun Jog All. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. If you have a question or comment, call toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, back to the show. Here's Sun Jog All. Welcome back. So, uh, Kevin, you did mention about different people who may be at a stakeholder level or as individual managers. They are expected to be carrying out tasks which are behind the scenes, not in a stealth way, but they are as part of you creating a secure port. One is to put a policy in place, which could be in a big handbook or part of their uh, roles and responsibility that was just explained to them in, in their orientation. Another is to make sure that there is some sort of an enforced, uh, a predictable way to enforce those. Is that something that is realistically possible for your organization or anybody else out there? And if yes, then how somebody could accomplish when everyone is busy with doing their core jobs how do you make security part of everybody's job who's responsible? I think the most important thing to to actually recognize is, is that there isn't a differenti- differentiation between their core job and their job of protecting information. So uh, at Northern Trust, and I can't speak to other organizations how they handle this, but certainly uh, the, we bake the requirements for managing risk and information security as part of that into every single employee's goals and responsibilities for for their annual review cycle. So it becomes part of their review. It becomes part of how they are compensated. Uh, And so so that becomes part of their job. It isn't something we consider separate. Every single organizational business unit within Northern Trust has risk managers whose focus is all of the different risk areas, one of which is information security, and all the business units have representation at the table when we talk about information security threats and how we protect them and with the decisions we make to develop our standards and controls. So it isn't a matter of keeping it separate. It's baked into the fabric of every employee's goals and objectives. So if you were to go out and tell the rest of the crew, uh, whosoever maybe they are reporting to you or the ones who you influence, how would you suggest that they prepare for the future when it specifically comes for in the security to be managed within the organization? Certainly. And you can't count on every employee keeping up with the latest trends uh, that are out there and the latest uh, you know methods attackers are using to to get at you. Um, there are those interested parties that certainly try to keep up with it, and they're, they're certainly... Uh, very helpful liaisons into my organization. 
but certainly to, to make sure that you're socializing what's going on. I, I, I have an awareness program uh, that really focuses on these things, not only for clients, but also for, I mean, not only for partners um, within the organization, but also for clients. You know, we, we socialize the different types of phishing attacks that are prevalent. We host uh, webinars with law enforcement agencies, and we bring in uh, different individuals to talk at internal summits uh, so that we can help raise awareness. And we have a, a very large, and, and I know I can certainly speak on behalf of most of the peers within the same kind of size and, and shape of my organization, um, we have a very large uh, ambassador program. So we have privacy and security champions throughout the, the world, so some 200 champions that are people who have a larger part of their goals and responsibilities to support the message that we can send. So we have regular meetings and we convey the different things they need to be aware of, and they then, through a grassroots effort, socialize that with their business units. It's, it's absolutely something that needs to be a, a trickle-down uh, effect that, that you can socialize these types of things throughout your entire organization so everyone has an understanding. So if you had a crystal ball, or and assume that you have a crystal ball, what do you think is going to be uh, how it's going to be morphing this whole inside security related issues, how people would be made vulnerable, how uh, the, the people who would ha- have malintent will try to become smarter and try to uh, you know, outsmart the security folks like yourself in order for you to be you know, more, more vigilant and more cautious on what's going to come ahead. I don't see it as a particular big change in methodologies. I think it's just more the same. Uh, different tools, certainly. There are going to be different ways of doing it. There are always going to be um, things you have to, I, as I was trying to, to convey, it's less about a single event or a different way of doing things. It's just going to be more of being conscious of, of your surroundings, being conscious of different tools that individuals are using and, and constantly looking for the change. So so I, I think as long as you've built uh, a program that, that is, recognizes that there's an ever-evolving, you know, nature and ever-evolving, you know, culture of, of ways of, of perpetrating different activities. Uh, it's less about something new you have to do and more about just continuing a program that recognizes change. Now, uh, last but not the least, what do you think you are expecting for uh, – now, you, you do not just talk about Northern Trust, but what do you think the stakeholders, the executive management, and other leaders who you're working side-by-side side to make an organization successful, what, can, what is your appeal to them so that you want to say, help me help you? Certainly. In your role uh, as a CISO. I, 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 the, the, the one thing that needs to be understood is, is that uh, one size doesn't fit all. Uh, that uh, you have to have uh, collaboration uh, between all the different stakeholders in, within the business, legal, HR, fraud, security, technology, IT uh, in the business units. Uh, there has to be collaboration and, and recognition that you can't always have everything you want, uh, that solutions to most problems can be worked out so that there is uh, you know, agreement on both sides um, but that you can't always have openness without certain controls. Uh, and uh, you need to establish uh, standards of conduct and hold people accountable for those standards in a fair and consistent manner.
Um, and, and, you know, I, I certainly encourage people to come to events to, like I'm at today, the, the S Secure Computing Congress um, in Chicago. You know, come, come to events and meet with, with your peers and, and hear uh, some, uh, some really talented people talking about these types of topics. Um, I think that's, that's the most important is to, to recognize that the threats exist and that you need to, to adapt to them as they change. On behalf of the show and our listeners, I'd really like to thank you, Kevin, for sharing your thoughts on how to manage security from the inside out. Appreciate it. Thank you so much again. Now, listeners, please like us on Facebook, search for CIO Talk Radio, and be sure to follow us on Twitter. Thank you again for listening to CIO Talk Radio. This is Sanjog All, your talk show host. Till next week, take care and God bless. Thank you for tuning in to CIO Talk Radio. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. Please join Sun Joke All next Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 a.m. Central Time, and 10 a.m. Eastern Time for another hour of CIO Talk Radio on the Voice America Business Channel.